U.S. soccer fans are in a state of panic after 16-year-olds could not qualify for the World Cup. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. In Jersey is Ivis Galarsep. What's up, man? Hey, Garrett. How's it going? Uh, I'm over here in uh, in New Jersey getting my uh, bug out bag ready. I'm filling up the water bottles uh, because it is clearly crisis mode in America. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to be ready. Yes, it's it's the end of the world. The, the they couldn't qualify, so we might as well give all hope for future U.S. men's national teams, right? Pretty much, I think Jurgen should quit. Uh, I think it's uh, the hex. We should just back out because the uh, U17s for the very first time mm-hmm. did not qualify for the World Cup. You know, I I think it's unfortunate for them, but I, I don't think it's as big of a thing as as you know people might make it out to be i mean i think people are way over going overboard on 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 the whole thing does it i'm I'm not going to say it doesn't mean anything because clearly you know the u17s not qualifying does mean something and it does raise some serious questions when you talk about you know youth development in this country with all the money being put into that uh on the club youth club level and and the the u.s development academy that's uh, come into place uh, over the last few years, you know, you expect the, the, that that young level of American talent to be strong enough to to take care of business and get to the World Cup. Mm-hmm. But um, I think people need to realize, you know, when you're talking about kids and you're talking about a, a, a tournament that comes down to one game like it does and a quarterfinal, and they played a, a, a Honduras team that was very good. I mean, at the end of the day, that Honduras team got the job done. It's still, is it unacceptable? You know, it's definitely, it's definitely not. They look, Honduras look sharp. They look good. They make. Yeah. They, I mean, they scored some great goals. I mean, that's you got to give it to them. At a certain point, you know, even a, even if you could say nine, you know, out of ten times, how many times does the U.S. win? I think the U.S. probably wins more often than they lose. But you know what? They lost on that day, and that's the problem. You know, the thing is not to make excuses, but the format is not an ideal one. And if you get stuck with, I mean, I would I would find it hard to believe that. Uh, Imagine if they played know. Mexico. That well, could that could have easily happened. It could have happened, but here's the thing, right? Now, if you ask yourself in that in that tournament, if you were going to rank the teams based on quality, like uh, I would argue that Honduras is probably one of the top three teams in that group. So, in the whole thing, so if four teams make it out, um, the fact that the U.S. had to play Honduras was pretty unfortunate. I mean, it, you know, I, I think that Honduras team, I can't imagine that there were four teams better than them in that group. So, basically, long story short, I'm sure there's at least one team going to the under seventeen World Cup. At a Concacaf, who clearly isn't better than the U.S., but because the U.S. played Honduras and just didn't didn't get it done, now now we have a lot of questions to answer. Richie Williams has a lot of questions to answer. I mean, you know the way he the way he handled the team, and uh, obviously Junior Flores, who like is the most well known under seventeen player in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, for him, he not even play in that last game. I mean, I think that one is definitely a, a bit of a damning moment because, you know, it's a risky move. You know, when you're a coach and, and you don't play a player, a high-profile player like that, if you lose, <laughs> you're definitely going to face some scrutiny. Well, and the other thing, too, is, I mean, I'm looking back real quickly on, on, on World Cup rosters for the U.S. I mean, I look at 2007, and, I mean, there's a couple guys that stick out to me. I mean, Breck Shea, uh, Greg Garza, um, Danny Cruz, this guy's playing for the Union right there. Then you go back to the 2005 and when I'm looking at this one, you know, I mean, you see guys like, okay, Josie Altador's there, Omar Gonzalez, um, 
and that's kind of really it as far as guys who are competing. So it's you're right. I mean, it's it's one. I'm one of those experienced guys. I wish they will have qualified for the experience because when you look at the U20s, I mean, did they get to take on Spain, France, and Ghana? What an experience for them when the World Cup to to you know to go against those countries. So for me, I look at it like like the team that didn't qualify the Olympics. It's it's an experience. It's it's more exposure stuff like that. I, I look at it as as it's unfortunate that they they couldn't advance to to, to receive those extra benefits of also playing. But I, I think for the team, though, I mean, based off what these rosters that I looked at right here, you know what? Maybe two, three of these guys will you know maybe be contributors at at the next level. Well, I think the, if anything, the big the big question that that's out there now, the big concern is is whether this really was the best team. It was was it really the strongest possible squad? It was interesting to see the amount of venom that came out. Uh, you had a lot of former players, players who were in the pool who didn't make the cut, players who were, you know, taken out of the academy, out of the U seventeen development uh, uh, residency program, uh, took to Twitter and and and, and bashed the program, bashed Richie Williams. And obviously, there's going to be a lot of bitters, bitterness there, especially like on the Junior Flores front. Uh, I know a lot of people are up in arms about that, about how a, p- a player that talented mm-hmm. uh, doesn't even get on the field in the decisive game. I mean, on my side, I've I've heard, I mean, I've heard things about Flores that you know maybe he's regressed, maybe the, the, all the, the the success has gotten to his head. You know, he signed with Borussia Dortmund, so it, it's really hard to say. I mean, I think time will tell who really like what the real talent is on this team and in this pool, uh, but it definitely doesn't look good. Uh, for Richie Williams, when when you know that that's really your job, your task is to build this team up. But at, having said all that, mm-hmm. people need to realize that the measure the measure of this age group is is what is the talent produced overall down the road. When you when it, it the the World Cup itself doesn't really matter. Like you said, I mean, I guarantee you that a lot of the people right now who are freaking out about the U.S. not qualifying couldn't name you like five guys on the last couple of teams on the last couple of u.s world cup teams they probably couldn't tell you yeah where the u17 teams finished in the last four or five uh, under 17 world cups it's really an under under the radar thing that a lot of people aren't even aware of until something goes wrong and then all of a sudden everyone's up in arms and it's a travesty and it's a joke and um i don't think it's that serious um i think if anything i mean i think the development system is producing more and more talent Maybe the process to put the group together for this team wasn't the best. I mean, I think you can. Some people can argue. You can argue that. You can question that. But I don't know if people should look at this result and, and think, "Oh, talent isn't being produced." I think that for me is a bit of a stretch. No, I I, I totally agree with you on that. Let's talk about more positive things, though, Ivis, which I think we should here. Let's talk about Josie Altidore's hat trick. It's unbelievable what he's able to do. What he's been able to do this season. Oh, without a doubt, man. He's got 28 goals, which, I mean, you know, if five years ago, if, if I told you that, that an American player would have 28 goals in, in Europe, in, a, in the Dutch league, uh, people would be freaking out. People would be like, oh, my Lord, we have a superstar player. Yeah. But it's funny how that isn't really the case. Uh, if anything, you have a lot of cynics who uh, look at Josie's track record with the national team and and they just they're not impressed. I, I, I get that sense. I get some people who are like, "Oh, it's the Dutch league. Anybody can score in a Dutch league." And I'm like, "Really? Are we serious? Are we that jaded now as a as a country that we can't appreciate the quality and 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 the accomplishment of an American player scoring 28 goals in a pretty good league?" I mean, that's I mean for me, it's great. And I tell you what, European clubs are taking notice. Uh, clubs from top leagues are taking notice. And right now, 
uh, Josie Altidore is looking like a really good uh, candidate for a big money transfer this summer. Uh, I mean, when we talk about transfer, what are we talking about? I mean, EPL? That are we talking that level? Absolutely. I mean, I, I know for a fact, um, and I, you know, I've had sources tell me. Ooh, spill the beans, had, Ivis. Spill it. No, I mean, I've said it before. I've written it before that you, you know, teams in England were already looking at him, um, and and you know, had interest last year, and now he's put a second strong year together and that only i think that only strengthens the case for teams putting down some serious money to to go after him and and it's funny because you know after the hat trick this weekend um of, of, you know some people took the twitter and were like oh you know he's Alf- he's gonna be alfonso alves 2.0 the brazilian uh brazilian forward who who tore up the dutch league and then completely bombed out in england after a big money transfer and uh for me i think he, i think actually i think josie's gonna do well when he makes that move to a bigger league because he's already gone through that bigger league experience at a younger age. I mean, people need to remember he was on Hull City, played in Hull City in the Premier League. And and, and mind you, it was probably one of the worst Premier League teams in recent memory. But the fact is he still went through that. He played in games against against EPL teams. He experienced that at a younger age. And obviously, it wasn't a great experience because he was on an absolutely horrible team. He he the, he got inconsistent time there. But you know what? He learned from that, and right now he's really coming into his own as a player. And I think because of those experiences that he had, uh, it, it, both in England and in Spain and in Turkey, mm-hmm. I think he's more than equipped for the move when the time comes for him to go to a bigger league again. Well, I I remember when when we talked to him a couple months ago. I mean, I just couldn't. Re- I, I was just amazed with just how mature he is when he talks i mean and i mean i'm the same age as him pretty much and i mean look how immature i am <laughs> i know right that's crazy he's younger than you and i would absolutely trust him more than i would you in in most circumstances he's 20 yeah he's 23 yeah i mean <laughs> i mean when we talked about josie Atzador, i mean i mean on the phone he, he was a great and and he, like you said too i mean he played for whole city in the premier league so i mean he's done it before Right, I mean, he's. It won't. There won't be a shock, a shock system yeah. thing, with him. And I think. And again, it always comes down to the the where you land, where you move to. Uh, I mean, it's not always on the player. It's also on the circumstances they're, that they're stepping into. I mean, he has to. He still. I think he still has to step into a good situation that uh, there, uh, wherever he ends up transferring to. I mean, if the team is is a solid team, and can provide him some service, he'll get. I think he'll get it done. I mean, the whole city thing. I mean, anyone who looks at his time at whole city. And tries to use that as a knock against him ever being able to do well in in a big league. Obviously, wasn't paying attention because that whole city team was horrible. Uh, they just didn't have much talent, and especially not attacking talent. I mean, there's a reason they got relegated um, and and were the worst team that year. Um, so you know, n- nobody would. I-, I can't imagine many people would have scored a ton of goals on that team, uh, let alone a, a teenage Josie Altador. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the big league for the first time, so I think he's way, uh, much more equipped now. I think if he goes to a, a you know, obviously, you know, no one's saying he's going to go to Chelsea or, or Arsenal or Man U or anything like that. But um, if he can go to a solid team with a solid attack and 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 get, I think he'll get playing time, and I think he'll do well. Spurs. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I, I say Spurs. <laughs> well, you know, they. I don't know about Tottenham, but I would say just throwing that out the, there. Whether it's the Premier League, whether it's Serie A. Uh, or Germany, even. I mean, I think he, I think he'll do well, and I think, uh, I think he'll surprise some people, and maybe then he'll actually earn some respect for scoring goals uh, from some of these people who who look at his twenty eight goals and actually have the nerve to to say it's not impressive because it absolutely is impressive. Yeah. I don't care how high scoring the league the Dutch league is, 
28 goals in all comp in 28 goals in a year is great. It's amazing. It's an amazing season. Is it as impressive as Clint Dempsey's uh, last season at Fulham? No, I you know because obviously that's a, uh, it's a bigger league. It's a higher level league, but it's still a, a young, still young American forward really coming into his own. And I think people, I think a lot, I think some people just need to give him some more credit. I think people do. I think people just, you know, I, I think they knock him though, also for the U.S. men's national team performances. I mean, that that's right, that hurts right. it. I mean, that that's it's just it's more Josie Altador hate. We see it all the time with everything he does. It's just the people always just keep pointing things out. They'll always find something wrong with him. Well, obviously, there's always that kind of small minority of, of, of just people who hate him. Yeah, but but they have a, they, but they have a loud voice though. I mean, their their voice gets heard. What I was gonna say was like I don't think it's all pure hate. I think I I think at, at a certain point there's frustration from some people who. Who see that he keeps putting in the goals for his club team, but then don't doesn't score for the U.S. Exactly. And I've said it over and over and over again. People need to. People can't just look at his his production with the U.S. and say it's all his fault because it isn't. I mean, he just. I mean, he does not get the service. I mean, I think people look at the fact that Clint Dempsey still has found a way to score goals, and and they think, well, if Clint can find goals, why can't Josie find goals? And it's just not that simple. I mean, you have to give Clint Dempsey credit. Dempsey's the best player on the U.S. team for a reason. Uh, he can, he, you know, he doesn't need much to find a goal to put himself in good spots. He, he's a special player for a reason. Um, Josie Altidore is not someone who, who's who's going to necessarily just create things on his own. He needs some service. That's not that doesn't make him a bad forward. I mean, that's just the kind of player he is. And until Jurgen Klinsmann can figure out this midfield, can figure out this attack. And find some pieces to 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 offer some some dynamism in the midfield, some 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 attacking quality. Josie's going to keep struggling on the on the national team level. Yeah, that's. I, you you hope that maybe you know getting that one goal is going to help him go forward. But uh, let's talk about your boy, Demarcus Beasley. <laughs> he just keeps on doing Dude, it. Dude, call that man. What's that? You called that a couple months ago. You kept saying that Demarcus Beasley, Demarcus Beasley. I know. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, we should. You know what? We should dig up some old episodes when, when uh, so the, those early es- episodes when you laughed at me when I would ring them up because I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah, I'm totally gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll do. I'll do it for you. Thank you. Well, listen. Here's the thing. I mean, he is playing. He's playing well. And again, he's not even. It's not that he's even starting every game for Puebla, but he's still turned into a pretty reliable player for them for some time now. And he just scored again. He scored an equalizer this weekend, and and that's five goals. In all competitions for him on the club level, which I mean, it, that might not sound like much, but for a midfielder who doesn't start every game, five goals is pretty impressive. And I think he's just carried over the the success from the from the qualifiers in March. I mean, he's playing with confidence, and and it's interesting now. You now you're really starting to see U.S. fans uh, really start to buy into the idea of him playing a real big part in qualifying in June and. I tell you what, I know you know Fabian Johnson's going to come back, and he's probably going to be the starting left back. But if you're Jurgen Klinsmann, I think you got to find a way to get Beasley on the field. I think he just can give you so many different things. He'll definitely be on the team, but I think you want to get try to get his experience and his quickness on the field if you can. He's I mean, he didn't look that bad at left back. People kept knocking on him for that performance. I I don't think he looked. I mean, the first game he looked great, and the second game against Mexico, I mean, he played tough, and I mean, he held his own. I thought in that game. Right. I mean, you know, the thing that's funny about like like that Mexico game, perfect example. I think sometimes people just look at how a player is handling a situation, and they don't consider they don't consider the context. The, yeah. I mean, if if, if a fullback is is you know getting run ragged by a top quality winger. 
Um, but but that but the opponent still isn't finding goals, then he's still doing his job. And I think against Mexico, he was playing against some really tough players there. I mean, when you talk about uh, De Santos and, and Aquino, I mean these are these are European guys, high level attacking players. And and while he did have his struggles, uh, he 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 kept going, he kept at it, and he he kept being a pest. He kept getting in the way, and he played a big part in that in that tie in Mexico. And I'm not sold yet on him being a better option than Fabian Johnson at left back. I, I, I don't know if I'm there yet. But if for whatever reason Fabian Johnson's not available or if Klinsman decides he wants to try him at left wing, I have I, I have absolutely no problem with Beasley starting at left back against the likes of Panama and Honduras because, hey, if he can do it at Azteca against Mexico, there's absolutely no, absolutely no reason why he can't do it in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Or at home against Panama and Honduras. I, I I totally agree with you on that. Let's keep talking about guys who who keep scoring goals. And uh, one of those guys is uh, Terrence Boyd. And if it wasn't for Josie Atador's season, I think we would be talking a lot more about Terrence Boyd and, and what he's been able to do at Rapid Vienna. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, he, he's quietly put together a big season in Austria. And it's crazy to think about the fact that this is his. This is really his first pro season in, in in the sense of of being in a in a first division somewhere uh getting regu- regular playing time obviously he was a part of the of uh the the setup reserve team setup with Borussia Dortmund uh only a Champions League uh semi-finalist right now but he's done great I mean he's you know we're talking about a dozen goals uh in the Austrian in the Austrian league and it's uh I think actually I think he has I think it's either 15 or 16 goals in all competitions I mean that is a for a first year forward, that's crazy. I mean, it, you know, say what you want. I mean, Austrian league is not the strongest league. It's it's still, but it's still Europe. It's still a decent league, and uh, it's great experience for him. And 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 we're seeing a player who who's gaining confidence, and absolutely for me is going to play a key role this summer. I think in the Gold Cup. That's true. And uh, speaking of Terrence Boyd, let's head out to Austria. Let's welcome in the Rapid Vienna striker, Terrence. How you doing today? Hey, I'm I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. You? I'm doing excellent. Hey, I got to ask you real quickly before we start this interview. How is your left arm doing? I saw that massive tattoo you just got. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually my right arm. Um, I was like, uh, yeah, I just got the US flag now. Very proud of it. Hurt, hurt bad, but, but, I'm, but, I'm, but I'm proud. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, like right now I'm trying to like uh, close close up my whole arm. But yeah, was a was a like it means a lot to me, you know, the US flag. So I'm glad I did it. How long? How long did it take for you to get that? To, to, uh, uh, it, took, it took like two like two two and a half hours, but it but it kind of hurt though. Did they, <laughs> and did... I hurt hurt more than uh, than the other test, but it's okay. Oh, so... I, was, I was so pissed at the at the at the guy who did, who did it, you know. <laughs> I was so angry on him. <laughs> How did you, you get the idea for that? When where did that come from? Um. I know it's just like I just I'm just putting on like things that mean a lot to me, you know, and like right. six steps of my life, you know. I mean, the US flag obviously is like, yeah, it means a lot to me, and um, yeah, I got like um, yeah, the other side of my arm, I got like a sentence from my from my granddad who passed away, you know, like I'm getting something of my hometown, Bremen, so these are things like following or like. Um, the the initiative of my of my parents and my little sister, and this, yeah. So it's just like the biggest things that mean the most to me, you know. Nice. So so it's true what they say that once you get one tattoo, you just wanna you just wanna keep getting more and more. 
Yeah, that's the truth. You you really get addicted to the pain and uh, to to just get more more tattoos. It's hard, but yeah, kind of trying to look like German Jones in a couple a couple couple months or a year. <laughs> you got a way to ca- you got a ways to go to catch up. He's got he's got a few on you right now. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's tatted everywhere. He's got a tat on his lip, so this, that's crazy. <laughs> he has a tat. He has one yeah. on his lip. Yeah, you got to just ask him. He got a, he got a tattoo on his um. Uh, the lower lip, you know, inside. Oh, okay, wait, Terrence. I, I got, okay, well, we got to ask you then. Who has the craziest tattoo on the U.S. Men's National Team? Yeah, the, the, the question's answered. <laughs> Jermaine Jones. Jermaine Jones That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he got some some cool tattoos. I like, I like, um, I like black tattoos too. They're like even simple, but they're like they're nice too. With the with the big capital letters, believe and what he got on his what he got on his leg. Well, Terrence, let's let's yeah, talk about some cool stuff too. Well, the Terrence, let's talk about your season right now with Rapid Vienna. You yeah. know, you're having a very good season now that you've come over and you're starting to receive regular minutes. You know, how is this league? How is this team? How has it helped you just uh, progress as a player? Uh, yeah, it, it's been uh, it's been the right decision to come to Vienna. I would do it again, and um, I'm just happy there, as you said, to get the minutes to to start regular and um, yeah, with the matches you just improve, you just get like more, more yeah, like more intelligent like like when it comes to reading the game to like to be more clever you know and um there's it's still like mistakes i'm doing but i'm like it's getting it's getting uh like better you know what i mean and it's, uh it's just a good feeling that if you know you if you if you know that you're playing and you're like the the coach coaches are um, like trusting you and you get yeah just play get to start every game then it's just yeah just you just improve and um that's what i'm doing right now i'm still learning a lot in this league and I'm yeah I'm happy so far. I mean it's it's been good, but I, I could have scored more more goals. But um yeah right now it's it's okay for me. How, how uh I know when we talked last summer when when you knew you were gonna make the move. I mean you seemed pretty excited, and I'm sure there were some nerves there about just kind of leaving Germany. But but what's that been like? I mean it, how has it been tough to be away from Germany, or 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 being that close kind of makes it a little easier just to kind of adjust to to that new life and that new yeah. culture there. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's 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 uh, pretty much living like in Germany. So I mean, everything is like similar to Germany, and they speak German. They just have a different accent over here. But um, so it's not a, that 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 big of a move. Just uh, or like difference to I don't know if I would go to like Italy or Spain. So to speak the same language, this is like the most important thing. Uh, of course, okay. I have to say, some Austrians don't re- don't really like German people. That's funny, but um. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really, I don't really care because it's just like, yeah, it's not really reaching me. You know what I mean? It's not. Right. I, I don't really care about it. No, it's it's cool. I mean, it's a beautiful city, Vienna. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay to live here. Yeah. So now you've had this. Uh, obviously, it's your first year as a regular starter, and you've done it done really well. Scored, you know, more than a dozen goals. Now, what's kind of, you know, the season's not over. Yeah, but I mean, you have to start thinking about kind of your future. I mean, is your future there another year in Austria, or have you already started to think about what's the next step now that you've had this really successful first season? Yeah, I can really tell. Um, like, I mean, my agent's doing some work off the field. You know, I'm, I'm doing my thing on the field, then we'll see at the end of the season, you'll see what's, what's coming out. So I don't know. If, I mean, if I would stay, it wouldn't be bad for me because I would still, like, progress. I, I mean, I'm still, I know I'm starting over here. 
No, that's good. If I would like go, I don't know, to build to a club, then I might, that might be the risk that I'm like, yeah, only on, only on the bench, not like, I don't know, get like, I don't know, 100 minutes a month or something. So it's good right now the way it is. But um, of course, I'm looking for, for higher opportunities. And um, it just depends on how I'm, how I'm playing. And um, if, if some clubs want me, uh, want me or like bigger clubs. And, so I don't know. It's just like, my, I mean, of course, my, my agent has some, some things going on, but um, it's it, we do it like last year. So uh, at the end of the season, when our games have been played, then it's talking it's talking to me. If I, I mean, if I got some serious offers or not, I can I can like I can only do my job on the field. Then we see what's coming out or not. Well, Terrence, for you, is there any leagues or any teams that you look at and you say that's the next step? I want to get to there. I want to play in that league. I mean, like obviously the. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be great if I could make it to the Bundesliga to the first league. Yeah, the Bundesliga, maybe the Dutch league. I don't know. I'm just just there's so many opportunities. And it depends on like if it's a big club. It depends on if you get a good perspective. You know, it's not just about money. Like it's, uh, I'm looking at like as long as I'm young, it's like the, the perspective and the yeah the playing time you're about to get is like more important than um. Yeah, the money you make. So I mean, if you like play more and improve more, then you get more money at the end of the career. So that's where my main focus right now. And um, poof, I don't know. I mean, really, if I got some offers, it, oh, it, it depends on so many things, you know. So and even if everything could be perfect, then you just know if you got I'm like starting from a from a heart. You know what I mean? You like you just you just kind of have a feeling if you're like team A or team B, then you know. All right, I think I might have a better shot at, the, at this team, or like I feel I feel more comfortable going to that team. But who knows? Maybe I'm staying. So I don't know. Now, now, obviously, you knew you had to make the move last summer. Uh, you, you you had to go get some playing time. You were at that point in your career. Uh, but that said, I mean, I, I I know it was tough. It had to be tough to kind of leave Dortmund uh, just you know for what what that experience was like and, and your ties to it. Uh, how much kind of affection do you still have for Dortmund, and and have you been following their success in the Champions League? What, what, what do you think about just the yeah, run that they've been course. able to put I on mean, there? Yeah, I mean, like the the whole country, all Germany is like everybody's like proud of what they achieve right now. And um, yeah, of course, I'm following. I'm following the whole Bundesliga, so um, especially Dortmund, of course. I mean, they are they just they just a sick team. This is crazy, and um, they're doing a great job and. Yeah, I mean, with Bayern Munich, they're obviously the best teams in the league, or maybe one of the best teams in the world right now. So, yeah, they're doing a great job. Now, you, uh, I know you, you know Mario goes to, to pretty closely, and you, yeah, you told me, you know, he's probably one of the best players you've ever seen in your life. What, what can yeah. you tell us just about about him as a player coming up and and someone that you know you were with pretty closely coming up the ranks? Uh, you mean like some some players that might come come up right now, or what? Well, no, uh, well, like, well, well, the, well. I know you and Mario came. I guess came up on the youth ranks, or, or you knew, you knew him. At, you know, when he was a younger. No, player. I mean like when I when I was a reserve when I was a reserve teenager, he he obviously was playing for the pros, and um, no, I mean I, I got to train with him, and um, yeah, he's as I said, he's one of the best players ever I've ever played with. He's um, although he's like ninety two born, he, he's. It's, it looks like or it feels like he he's he he's already played like five World Cups. It's crazy. It's like he's I mean he's yeah really his technique is ridiculous and it's just he's, for every like every situation he finds the best solution. This is crazy. It's like we really smart and gifted player. So he and and he's and he's like humble. You know he's down to earth. And this is the 
one of the of the most important things because um there are many people, many like young stars in, in Germany who like know they're good and then they like you know just like try to yeah like start to be arrogant and not talk to people I don't know or just do some stupid things and he's like really I mean he was I think he's still living with his parents so yeah, that's crazy <laughs> um, yeah this guy is this guy is a legend for me yeah. Now, get uh, is one of the things U.S. fans love about you is just how much you, how much you show that you love the USA and you love playing for the USA. Um, where, where does that come? That that just kind of passion you have for the country. Uh, can you just talk about that? I, how, how that kind of grew for you growing up? I don't really know. I don't really know. I just I have to say I just really, really, I, I really love the country. I'm a big fan. Like. It's crazy because I feel like before the national team things, I've been to to the states for like I, I lived there like as a baby for one right. year. Then I came back once, and that's it, you know. But I I was still American when I was back home, and it's, it's crazy. I'm just like the whole culture, everything is just like when it comes to food, when it comes to movies, to music. I don't know. It's just everything. Uh, it's like I just haven't like I'm I, <laughs> I can't really like I can't really explain it. I'm just a huge fan of this country and it makes me proud if I like get to sing national anthem even if I'm playing or not you know it's just like this is the, the crazy thing ever you know to just stand on the pitch and like like sing the sing the national anthem this is like because I, I remember when I was like in youth teams of Hertha Berlin I was like in a hotel room with like somebody else he was like really pissed off me because uh, I was like playing the national anthem a song by uh, uh, Tom Whitney Youth you know the Super Bowl Oh man, it was like I was like shaking it, like holding my hand to the chest, you know. And he was like, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" It's like you don't even play for years, you know. And I was like, "Yeah, man, one day maybe, I don't know." And yeah, there was, I was like even like so hyped when I got my first on a twenty color, right? And that was like, "Oh my god, this is!" I couldn't even believe that was happening. That I'm like even like with the with the senior national team right now is, yeah, it's, it's definitely a dream come true, and I'm just yeah. I'm just happy to represent this country. Nice. Now, now obviously, you know, before you'd you'd ever gotten a call up, you it, you know, you had those, you had that passion for the U.S. But but how, how much did uh, it, yeah. did it seal it? How much did it seal it even further once you started getting into camps and getting into getting to know these guys? I mean, I know you made a lot of really close friends pretty quickly uh, yeah, on these yeah. teams. How much did that just kind of seal it seal it for you? Yeah, of course. I mean, of course, the feeling was was stronger after I got my first call up. And um, yeah, I should I should explain it. It's just if you like play. I don't know. The first time I played in France in the twenties, I felt like, oh my god, I felt like okay, but like everything is possible, you know? Because I remember back back in the days when I was like not even playing for a Bundesliga club or youth youth club, you know. I was just playing in running clubs and Bremen. I was doing like extra world with my with my stepdad, you know. We were like, like you know, at that at that stage, he trained like three times a week, and I I trained like five six times a week with my stepdad. You know, we just I always like worked more than other other like uh, kids in my age, and um, yeah, dreams. But you know, at that point, they weren't realistic. You know what I mean? And it's just like it's just crazy. Like when I did my first, I was about to cry when I did my first first national team. Uh, match for for our twenties and fans, and it's just so every every I just enjoy every camp when I when I get to be with the boys. Uh, I'm a, I have some friends. I, I made friends with like so many people now. With, like 
all these youngsters like Jojo, Corona, Disco, I don't know, just so many people and um, they're still like upcoming and um of course uh, you know, the seniors too, like all them yeah, it's just it's cool. Nice. <laughs> no, I mean, boy, you had a very cool experience, uh, you know, this past August when you helped the U.S. men's national team defeat Mexico, then the U.S. team went down and got that draw. I mean, what was that whole experience like for you to, one, represent the country and help contribute to beat Mexico for the first time ever in Mexico? Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, um, I don't even know what to say about that because it was, just, it was such a big deal. I've never, I mean, like a couple of months ago, I just played in the reserve league, you know, before the Mexico game. I, I mean, I played in front of 2,000 people and suddenly we're playing in the stadium where like, I don't know, 105 fit in. I mean, okay, there weren't like 105. I mean, I, did, I don't know how many people came to the first match. I, I would say like, I don't know, 70, 80, I don't know. But um, yeah, that was just just huge. And then when they told, told us about it, we never won there. And, um, and since, I don't know, for like for like eighty years, it was just crazy. And then I get my get my first assist in that game. It was just I mean I turned to shoot it and <laughs> it was funny, man. It turned out to be an assist. I was like, yeah, whatever. I took it. You know, it was just happy that we like yeah to got the win and um yeah one of the happiest kids ever. Tell me about that snow game. I mean I know you didn't uh, just get being there in that experience. Have you ever had anything like that in your life? See anything like that? Like a game no. in that kind of a no, not really. I've seen I've seen some 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 bad snow in my life. I mean, I'm of course I've I've been playing in Germany, so I, we train like conditions like minus twenty Celsius, you know. But um, and that was crazy because like before the one like the whole week before when we like came there like on I don't know Tuesday, and we just trained the first day. I was training in a t-shirt, you know. It was just sunny. Mm-hmm. It was cool weather. And then okay, but it got a little bit worse. But it was just cloudy. It's some snow, but you know. They, they thought like two days ago uh, before the match, yeah, okay, about to snow. I was like, yeah, whatever, it's snowing. I mean, it doesn't look like snow, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, like, you, you got to the stadium and it started to snow, but just so light. It was like, yeah, it's cool, you know? So I'm, I didn't even bring, like, uh, studs with me. Just I just had like, regular, you know, regular shoes. It was funny. And then, um, yeah, and then, like, uh, the warm started and it was, like, snowing heavily. And we were like, oh, man, like okay, we just do the best, you know. And then yeah, I'm I'm so I'm so happy that we scored the uh, the first half or the beginning of the match. We we came did it like I don't know what was it, twenty minutes in the game or something. Yeah, so, yeah, it was so early early that. Yeah, yeah, it was because after after the, first, uh, the second half, it was it wasn't possible to play soccer anymore. I was just happy that that it didn't get cancelled. So this this is definitely one of the matches you'll never forget in your life. Tell me, how much are you looking forward to this summer? Uh, obviously, you know, there's World Cup qualifiers going on in June, and then you got the Gold Cup also in July where, you know, if you don't have, have that opportunity in the Gold Cup, uh, in, uh, in qualifying to get playing time, mm-hmm. you got a really good chance in the Gold Cup to uh, to, to be a big part of that team. How, how, much, how much have you thought about that, and uh, are you ready to kind of put that kind of time in this summer if, if, if oh. uh, Jurgen asks you? Yo, I'm, I'm ready for everything. If I, if I get to play or uh, be with the World Cup team or with um... – with the Gold Cup team, I, I don't care. I just want to play. If I get to play, it's, I'm yeah. I'm just I'm just satisfied. I just want to get my chance. And um, so yeah, I don't care if I play for a World Cup qualifier or Gold Cup. So I'm, I'll, I'll be ready. That's for sure. 
Terrence, do you see the World Cup qualifying and for the Gold Cup? I mean, if you get ample enough playing time in there, do you see that as a good opportunity for you to show, you know, Jurgen and the rest of the team and even the fans that you're ready to take that next step and you're ready to be a key contributor for the senior team? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, like, whenever I get get my chances to start now or just to play, uh, yeah, I do. I, I do everything to, to yeah to make to make up the wins happen and to yeah, I want to I want to definitely score my first goal now in, in this year and. Um, I'm of, of course I'm waiting to take like uh yeah to take to take uh what's it called again uh I forgot the word I don't know but you know what I mean like <laughs> to do, um I, I I like I'm I'm ready to 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 I don't know to to step in some some in any world that they that they want me to be you know so um I'll be ready for any, any situation. Nice. Now, now, one one thing I did have to ask you. Obviously, there's you know tons of U.S. fans that 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 lo- love your game and love the passion that you have for the team. But obviously, there, there's also there's always going to be some haters. There's always going to be some people who, who have questions about about the you know the German-born players on the team. Um, there's been comments made publicly, you know, from from some kind of high-profile people about the fact that there's okay. so many German German Americans on the team, and and maybe mm-hmm. that you you guys don't have the same like passion for it or you you know you you didn't grow up here but it sounds yeah. honestly like it I, means a lot to you what, what do you think about that idea that that you, you guys can't under you can't have that feeling like what, what is that what do you think about yeah that? i mean i mean I, I kind of i kind of understand these guys they're saying this i mean like if you're not living in the states you don't know how how it is to be a true american maybe i don't know but i mean if you just look at it every every american isn't really american you know what i mean so uh, we all know that it's a melting pot, and that everybody comes from different countries, has backgrounds from different countries. And um, yeah, I mean, I, we as a, as a German Americans, we can't really do anything about it. I just we can just show that we give everything for the country. And um, yeah, if, it, if it's up to me, I would live in this. I would grow up in the states too. You know what I mean? So I can't change it, and um, just have to do the best uh, out of out of the situation we can do right now. And um, yeah, of course, I, I can't understand it that they like okay, they're not true Americans and stuff. But if you if you show your if you show your like your reply for the country and give everything and like you just work your ass off, then I don't, I don't think they can say anything bad about uh, against you. Yeah, you do have obviously you do have some family here. Um, I think you told me in, you have family in New York. Is that is that right? Is that and and if yeah. so, and also where where do you kind of where do you want to spend time here when you have it when you actually get some free time? Where where would you like to spend some time here in the U.S.? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like of course I would go to Miami. <laughs> that would be a, a nice one of those vacations. But um, yeah, maybe my maybe visit my my family over there. Yeah, just my main my main target would be Miami. I think Southside Jamaica Queens. No. <laughs> Yeah, that's outside Jamaica. That's right. That's right. Yeah, my, actually, I, I just wanted to like when I was like, I don't know, like twelve or fourteen. I wanted to like fly over and like, you know, do like holidays over there. But my mom always like forbid me, forbid me to do that because it's too dangerous over there. So right. she told me some pretty bad things that it was like really dangerous over there. So yeah, I never got to make it over there. So that 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 is where your family. You had family in in Jamaica, Queens, in New York, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, we're part of like my aunt. They, I don't know where they moved now. I think they moved to like North Carolina or something. Okay. Yeah. So you, so do you ever tell? Do you ever tell anybody that Fifty Cent is your cousin? Do you ever drop that on anybody? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I think Nicki Minaj is from Queens too, Jamaica. 
What I read. Nicki Minaj's folks, uh, Jamaica yeah, yeah, Queens too, right. I think. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Other crazy people are just from that area. A lot, lot of stars out of there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, well, Terrence, man, thank you so much for uh, jumping on the program with us today. Yeah, no problem. It's a pleasure thank having you, you on. Um, everyone can follow you on Twitter if they want, at tboyd91. Yeah, that's right. And Instagram, Terrence, uh, what's the underline? Underscore the, the line on the bottom? Underscore Terrence. Terrence. Boyd, yeah. Wait, and what, Instagram, Chase Wait, wait, wait what, what do you call that in German? Um, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I don't know what I, I would say. Untastes. I don't even know. <laughs> I think you are the and you. Well, I think I think Moedu might be the Instagram king on the national team, but it sounds like you're. Yeah, Moedu. Yeah, Moedu and Hurt uh, Thomas. They're doing a big thing, and and like yeah, and Breck and Jeff. They're losing a lot. That's funny. So you got to step your game up. And, we're gonna be looking out for those pictures. Yeah, I got it. I, I got to post more crazy things. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't don't make them too crazy. Yeah, just just look at my tweet or what I did to it, Jeff Cameron. He didn't respond to it yet today, so <laughs> no, that you won, uh, you won the you won the day with that one. You, you, he, 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 yeah, no I want some beef, man, but but he's scared, you know. <laughs> Probably because they lost the menu, so you might be pissed today. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Terrence, man, yeah. thank you so much for jumping on the show with us today, and uh, good luck with everything going forward. Good luck, man. See you. Ivis, I have to say, I mean, I love Terrence Boyd before, but what a great interview! He's 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 funnier than I thought he was. No, he's he's a he's a he's a comedian, man. I mean, I, when you talk about personalities on the national team, I mean, when you when you when you go back in in, in past years, you know, there's always been some some kind of funny guys and some really outgoing guys. When you talk about like a, whether Jimmy Conrad or or Frankie Hayduk, uh, and really Terrence Boyd just. He's just that kind of get, the player, you know. I mean, he's still young, you know, so he's obviously, you know, still kind of on the back burners of the national team. But but his mm-hmm. pers- he just has an engaging personality, and he has no there's no filter to him. And uh, it's funny because you know when you think about like the stereotypical German, you know, being kind of guarded and uptight and and and, and serious, and he is absolutely none of those things. So you know, it, while he might have been you know born and raised in Germany, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he, he there there are very very American qualities about him. No, I, I I agree with you on that. The 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 tattoo, that's that tattoo that he got is pretty cool looking though. That American flag one. No, yeah, I mean that's uh, he he's. I don't think he's gonna catch Jermaine Jones on the tattoo. No, but I, but I think he definitely won over some some American fans. Uh, you know, the ones he hadn't won over yet. I think he's won over a few. And I tell you what, his comments, the comments he his response to to, to my question about. About those folks who mm-hmm. questioned the, the the German-born players on the national team, uh, I thought was perfect. I mean, I mean, he 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 laid it out. I mean, he it's not his fault he wasn't uh, born and raised in America. He would have loved to have been born and raised in America, but he isn't. But he still, uh, you know, has American blood, and he was, you know, he's eligible to play for the U.S. and and it means the world to him. And you know, I think that's everybody, every U.S. fan should absolutely embrace that because you know what. He he shows more passion and more more you know happiness with being a U.S. player than 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 a lot of American-born players and and, and it, you know if if more American players had that just visible passion for it I mean I think it'd be a much better thing and and I think he deserves the credit for that and I think those people who who questioned the motives or or, or even the 
whether it's right or wrong for German-born players to to be on the U.S. team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're just so misguided, and he and he is clearly kind of exhibit A of of why people should ha- should not have a problem with that. I, that's I mean, he's yeah, his response was good on that. Well, I was speaking of players that are playing in America. There was MLS action this weekend. Uh, let's start off with the first game right here. Probably one of the bigger games was the New York Red Bulls taking on DC United. The Red Bulls. What a performance, you have to say. Robles played well. The defense played well. They didn't make any errors or blunders. And uh, have the uh, New York Red Bulls uh, turned a page, Ivis? Uh, they're getting there, slowly slowly but surely. The thing is, though, you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt because they played a D.C. United team <laughs> that is just awful right now. They're just – I mean, think about – I mean, the two, win, the, the two wins – uh, I mean, not two wins. The two are the better performances and the only two shutouts that the Red Bulls have had this year – both came against DC, and and the DC United attack D- is is officially MIA. They just it just doesn't exist anymore. And and those are details, uh, Ivis. All right, fine. Details. Right, back to the Red Bulls. Back to the Red Bulls. It, 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 it's definitely a big confidence builder for them. Having Terry Henry back uh, clearly is a big boost for them. I mean, he's their best player, most inspirational player. Um, but their defense, I tell you what, Mike Pecky, uh starting Roy Miller over Heath Pierce. I mean, it was an absolute head scratcher for me, but you know what? It was a kind of a low risk move for him. He wanted to reward Roy Miller for for training well and for, you know, keeping his chin up amid all the, mm-hmm. you know, everything that went down when he when he cost them the game against San Jose. Um, I still thought it was a questionable move, but it was a low risk move because he was facing the DC team that really, really, really wasn't going to test Roy Miller. The real test comes for the Red Bulls and for Roy Miller and for Mike Becky on Wednesday when they play Sporting Kansas City. Red hot sporting Kansas City. Uh, when you talk about a player like Graham Zusi uh, going up against Roy Miller, uh, that that's that for me. I'm, I, I want to see if Mike Pecky's going to stick to that or if he's going to uh, put Heath Pierce back in the lineup. Well, for DC United, let, let's take it. Let's take a look at them because all of a sudden they they have scored the second least amount of goals. They only had two goals this whole season long, and unless they get um, Dwayne De Rosario or even Nick DeLeon back, this team. I mean, obviously they really can't do anything to improve this till maybe. They bring in a new player in a couple months. Well, I mean, I've been saying it for a few weeks now. Uh, it's they got to look toward the summer, and they got to drag themselves to the summer and hope that their defense can lead them there, and, and have to hope that Bill Hamid and the back four can, can can hold teams off, and and they can nick results here and there. But they just don't have the attack to get it done. And you know, it's interesting. At the beginning of the year, you know, I I, I was down on DC, and it was for this for that reason. You know, I didn't I didn't think their attack was going to have enough. I thought the way they finished last year, it was a bit of a mirage in, in the sense that they they you know what they battled they battled for some results, and, and you got to give them credit. They showed great heart. But it wasn't really quality soccer down the stretch in the regular season. They were winning games ugly uh, and playing, but playing at a level that you just kind of, you know, I, you know, you sat there and like, how are they doing it? They're, you know, you give, you give them the credit, they got the results, and now they they go into the off season and they just didn't do much in the off season. I mean, I know they added Rafael, a young DP, who scored that great goal in Columbus, and everyone all of a sudden got their hopes up and thought, oh, this is the guy. He's going to be the guy. But he hasn't shown it since, and uh, you know now it's starting to look a little more like a uh, like a truth that you know what I had heard, which you know from some of my people in D.C. was that he really hadn't been impressing. He, he really it's it's not looking like he's going to be that wow player, that impact uh, forward. And if he isn't, they're in trouble because they don't have much else. Carlos Ruiz looks looks slow and looks old. Uh, Leonard Pahoy looks like Leonard Pahoy, which is not for me not a starting forward in MLS. 
So what do you do? I mean, Di Rosario and Chris Pontius are quality players, but I mean, they need they need help around them. And I know Nick DeLeon being hurt is is a blow for them, but it's not. It's going to take more than Nick DeLeon coming back for them to to suddenly become a playoff team, a true playoff contending team. Well, I have another game that was a uh, exciting game at the very end this weekend was the Houston Chicago game. Uh, Brad Davis uh, talk about an impressive goal late. Uh, Houston now has as on a 35 game home unbeaten streak, which is impressive. I mean, five this season and 35 total for Houston. They're just, I mean, it's Houston. They're just going to roll like they're always going to do. Well, I'll tell you what, B, uh, BBVA Compass Stadium is a very tough place to play. I mean, you're talking about the narrow field. The the now it's starting to heat up now in Houston, and you know, Houston. There's few places in the league that get as hot as Houston gets. Uh, and it's it's a tough it's a tough environment to get a result in, uh, and credit to the Dynamo. I mean, they get it done. They put a lot of pressure on opponents. Dom Kinnear, has, you know, he instills just kind of that tough, tough defending team that that, that they've been. And, and then you know, give them credit. They that the Chicago Fire actually played one of their, you know, they probably did. maybe their second best game of the year. They didn't play badly in this game, but Houston stepped it up. Um, and Brad Davis, man of the match, uh, you know. My fantasy captain, so thank you for the fantasy points, Brad. Uh, he, he was great. And, uh, he, I mean, he's starting to show why uh, Jurgen Klinsmann gave him a shot uh, and why, why he deserved it. I mean, you know, I know, I'm sure some people saw, saw him take the field in Mexico and thought, wow, really? Brad Davis is going to get some serious minutes in this game? And, and you know what? He's playing, at, he's playing really well right now, and it's not like it's a new thing. He's done it for years. He, he, he's played at a high level for years now, but – you feel like he's really starting to hit his peak. And, and with Will Bruin back healthy, uh, I think the Dynamo are really going to start rolling now. Uh, another game that I'm looking at here, Ivis, is I'm, I'm looking at the uh, Portland versus San Jose game. And uh, we need to talk about a certain player saying a certain word that he shouldn't have said. And what Alan Gordon said on the field is completely unacceptable and should have no place in sports or in any person's vocabulary on a daily basis. Uh, I, I, it seems like in our country that... We're more more willing to say curse words or, or bad words, but what Alan Gordon said, uh, you know, to to Will Johnson in, in regards to a you know certain sexual orientation of a certain people is just completely unacceptable and, and should never ever ever be said. And I think Alan Gordon knows the mistake that he made, and he's going to be suspended for it. And um, I mean, you move on from there, and, and you hope that you never see something like this again. Well, you know, the, the disappointing part. I mean, obviously, just. It's disappointing for a variety of reasons, but I mean, it, it, it did anyone learn last year? I mean, the, the fact that it happened twice last year with Mark Birch, Colin Clark, both did the same thing, both suspended, both really high profile examples. I don't I just I mean, it's just so disheartening and and, and, and you just wonder what is it going to take for people to get the message? And I mean, Alan Gordon is Alan Gordon is not a rookie. He's not a youngster. He's not a you know, fresh out of college. He's a veteran. He's been around and and think about it. I mean, he plays for the San Jose Earthquakes, which, you know, obviously play outside of San Francisco. I mean, we, we, you know, <laughs> the, when you talk about it, like a player, like of all teams to, to play for and to do that, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just unforgivable. And uh, and it's it's crazy how, like, you know, when you watch the broadcast and he was caught, you know, saying what he said, and then Will Johnson reminded him, like, yeah, buddy, you probably just cost yourself three-game suspension the look on his face was priceless. It was like he realized it immediately. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm on national television. I'm screwed. Like, And it's just like, you know what? You can't feel bad for the guy because he should know better. Um, but, you know, it, it's unfortunate. It, obviously, that, that whole 
ugly incident took away from what was a you know a great night for the Timbers. Once again, they dominated possession. Once again, they, they you know they knocked it around and and their defense played well again. Uh, totally outplayed them. And Will Johnson, who's you yeah. know putting together an all star season, scores a, a, an absolutely beautiful goal. The SBI. MLS goal of the week and uh you know they're just on a roll right now. Well also also it continues that great trend that we see of guests who come on the SBI show score goals. Absolutely. One week after he comes on the mm-hmm. show, he scores a goal. Um I, you know what? I tell you what, attention all MLS forwards and Americans abroad forwards. If you're in a bit of a slump and you want to break out of it, give me a call, shoot me an email, shoot me a DM, we'll get you on the show and you will score goals. Just ask Josie Altador. He was on our show, and now he can't stop scoring. And Will Bruin, also another former guest, and he, uh, he, he obviously scoring. So, you know, just give me a call, 1-800-SBI, and we'll get it done. Yeah, just view us as a, a slump buster. And not that type of slump buster, but, you know, like a slump buster. Just had to go there. Just had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> well, well, quickly, quickly, just one last to wrap up on the Portland thing. I mean, well, oh, wait, wait, I have something to say about the Portland thing, too. I, real quickly, real quickly, hold on, real quickly. I, I just want to say that Alan Gordon did apologize for what he said. Okay, I just want everyone to to listening to know that he did apologize, and you know he got caught up in the heat of the moment, but you know he's still going to get suspended. I just wanted to let everyone know that he did apologize for what he said. All right, well, back to the soccer part of it. I tell you what, the Timbers are on a roll; they're starting to feel it, and uh, you know, the Caleb Porter's, you know, he's finding the right combinations, and considering the fact that their defense is is kind of shorthanded right now, uh, for that back four to, to look as good as they did yesterday, you know, you, you starting the folks in Portland are really starting to get excited at the prospects of what can happen this year. Mm-hmm. And I, I said it before the season. I thought they I thought they could, you know, they could put things together and, and they're starting to do it. And they're they're playing attractive soccer. I know some people look at it and say, oh, you know, they're just, you know, it, it's not it's boring. They're just knocking around. But you know what? It, it puts pressure on other teams. Um and, and it's it is you know, some people might might rather prefer a, a more direct style of soccer. But I tell you what, they, uh I think people who can appreciate possession soccer can see the value and see the quality and the beauty of it when it's performed well. Uh, and I tell you what, man, Timbers, they're, they're, they're on a roll right now. Well, hey, I mean, you look at it, tied for second in the league and goal scored, only one loss on the season, I mean, two wins, three ties. Portland, they're off to, you know, if they if you could late, maybe lay down, you know, how do you want your start to go? I mean, I think they would be pretty satisfied if someone said, this is how your start's going to look, and, and they would be happy with this start. Obviously, they would like to go undefeated, but I think that for Portland, though, this is a fabulous start to the season. Without a doubt. And I tell you what, next week, these same two teams are going to meet again. And uh, I think everyone's going to want to tune in for it because the earthquakes, you know, they're not happy with the way that game went down. Uh, It it got really chippy. There was a lot of there was a lot of physicality, a lot of contact. Obviously, Alan Gordon elbowed Mikhail Sylvester in the face and, and left him bloodied. Uh, there were just a lot of like chippy tackles, a lot of late tackles. And, and I tell you what, in that next week's game in San Jose is going to be there's going to be some fireworks. I can tell you. I think I get I, you know what? There might be some red cards. There might be some fights. Hopefully there's some goals. But I tell you what, that game next week in San Jose is not going to be boring. Uh, talk about not boring games up until the last couple seconds of it. FC Dallas defeated the LA Galaxy and Dallas Ivis is running away with their Western Conference. <laughs> absolutely it's crazy they they are just absolutely just running they have twice as many points as the LA Galaxy mm-hmm. i mean let that one let that one sink in for a minute and you know what it, <laughs> you got to give it to them they i mean they're they're 
you know, the challenges are presented and they meet each challenge. Uh, you know, say what you want about the circumstances seeming that go their way each time, which they have. But you know what? It's they, they have no control over that. They still get the job done. You know, it's not their fault. The Galaxy just played Champions League and, and chose to rest several key starters, including Robbie Keane. It's not their fault. They they play who's on the field, and they beat who's on the field, and they keep getting it done. And and they're, they're building up points right now. They're racking up the points while other teams are struggling. Um, and, and you know what? They're a playoff team. They're going to be a playoff team. And, and even when they start finally facing top teams at full strength, they're going to go in with confidence because all these results are going their way, and it's 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 it can't help but build up their confidence. And and you have to love their attack at the end too. I mean, George John getting that header in the goal at the very end of the game, and I mean, for, it, it, watching that game, it just seemed that I mean, Dallas controlled the majority of that game, and the Galaxy kind of just really struggled in that game. I mean, Donovan kind of created a couple chances for the Galaxy, but you know, this is clearly a result that they you know you lost and you move on. Right. I mean, they went they went in there hoping to get a point. Uh, they knew they they were it was a tired team after the 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 loss to Santos I'm sorry the loss to Monterey uh, so obviously traveling you know playing in that game against Monterey suffering the, the the setback and then you know going back to to Dallas you know they they, they Bruce Arena had to rest some guys mm-hmm. and he had to you know he, he it was a sacrifice and and you know obviously they were hoping to get to nick a win and and, and kind of surprise Dallas but you know credit to to Dallas they 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 got the job done um but i got to tell you man George John just keeps finding ways to make things happen and he you know he everyone talks about Matt Beesler and Omar Gonzalez obviously on the US national team the starters mm-hmm. the guys but you know George John has to start getting some some serious consideration and i know fa- i know folks in Dallas have been saying it forever know it i know it i know it but you know i i'm i'm starting to to kind of just see it you know i i've you know i've liked george johnson to came out of college I, I rated him really highly coming into the draft but he's looking like the george john uh of a year and a half ago that you know that high level guy who you could argue is one of the best uh, center backs in the league uh, he's he's looking like that kind of player again. He's looked good this whole season for me. Uh, in other games, Seattle. Wait, wait. wait. Oh, yes, we yes, got yes. to talk about something here. On the goal. Well, two things we got to talk about. Uh, we got to talk about the, the, the fan, mm-hmm. quote unquote fan, who ruined the game, who marred the game. And number two, we got to talk about the goal itself because little it seemed to be discussed, not be discussed much. At least I didn't hear, see many tweets about it or read many stories about it. But once again, Omar Gonzalez fell asleep. Omar Gonzalez had George John. Omar Gonzalez was marking George John on that play, and he stopped his run. He started ball watching, and George John did not stop running, and he scored the goal. This is three times now in the past few months, key moments where he's cost his team a result. I mean, we're talking Honduras with the U.S. national team, Mm -hmm. the first leg of the Champions League against Monterey, and now here we go against Dallas. Like Omar Gonzalez, listen, if, if he wants to be a high level top center back, if he wants to go to Europe, make big bucks, be on a you know, be in a good league, be in a big league, he has gotta work out these these brain farts, these meltdowns, these you know, where he just checks out. And, and and it's just it's a glaring thing in his in his game right now that he needs to sort out. Um and you know, people are gonna people have people are noticing. People scouts are gonna notice that stuff. I've been uh, saying it for a long time. I know you have, but he these last few incidences have been high profile incidences. Um, so he just needs to get he needs to get that in order. 
Now, as far as that fan goes, or, uh, for those who missed it, and I, I can't imagine many missed it, but he, you know, a Dallas, FC Dallas fan is watching the game, clearly, clearly, clearly inebriated. FC Dallas scores the winning goal, and he in, immediately, as that happens, decides he's going to throw his what must have been mostly full beer bottle at a player. And he aimed it at an LA Galaxy player. At least you can see on the replay, he's looking right at a, uh, AJ Del Garza, who's on the ground after the goal, after George John's goal. And he throws it at the field, trying to hit him. And I don't know if he gets his hand knocked or he's just really drunk, so his aim's terrible. He ends up hitting George John in the back of the head with an aluminum beer bottle, causing him to have a, get a cut gash in the back of his head, five staples, totally marred the game, totally ruined the game. Totally ruined a great night in Dallas for the folks in Dallas. I mean, they, they drew 20,000 fans to FC Dallas Stadium. 20,000 in Frisco is like 40,000 anywhere else. I mean, they, they've had trouble through the years drawing fans there. And it's unfortunate. You know, obviously, it's, it's way up north of, of Dallas. It's not convenient for a lot of people. There's, it has a lot of issues. But you know what? They had 20,000 in there. Maybe all the recent wins got people go buzzing and, and decided to come out and support they win the game. They're winning the game. They score the winner. Beautiful, amazing night. And this one idiot, one drunken idiot, ruins the whole thing, or tries to almost ruins the whole thing. I'm not going to say he ruined it because you know what, George John, to his credit, uh, played it off like a champion. In the post game interviews, he 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 totally like had the you know he was laughing it off. He was telling people, you know what, how about we drink that beer next time instead of throwing it at me? You know, like he he, he totally he 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 ate it up. He he handled it perfectly. But people, come on with the, you know, like, if you can't handle your liquor, you should not be drinking that games. At, at first, I, I didn't even know what hit him at first. I, I couldn't even believe. And, and then when I saw the highlights, I was like, seriously? And, and yeah, that was on the, and that was on the end where the supporters were. Well, that's the thing. That's, like, that's <laughs> the really crazy part is, like, the reason that that section, like, you can have beer bottles in that section is because those are supposed to be, like, the dark-haired FC Dallas. Yeah. Fans, like the, and, and it's like, like, I don't know, like, that... That's perfect. That's exhibit a perfect example. I mean, obviously, aside from the fact that it's illegal and it's criminal behavior to throw things on the field, that's exhibit a why you don't like that as a fan. That's perfect example why you don't do it, because, you know, you have no control over what happens. I mean, aside from being able to hurt somebody, you can hurt your own player. And how and then then everyone's going to hate you. You know what I mean? Then not only do the authorities want you, your own fans, teams going to want to hate you. Because I tell you right now, I can't imagine an FC Dallas fan out there right now who who isn't absolutely yeah. furious at this one, you know, fan who just lost it, got too drunk, decided he was going to, you know, assault somebody with a beer bottle and then hit his own guy. Unbelievable. But again, George John made the most of it. Great post game interview. Uh, it just makes you love the guy that much more that he has that kind of. He showed his personality there, like that he, you know, he's a, he's an easygoing guy. Doesn't take things things too seriously, mm-hmm. which we should have known already from that video they did with the uh, with that Houston. Uh, oh, crush the crush the orange, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, he 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 was he was pretty good in that. So you know what, his personality starting to come out. So it wasn't a complete, you know, completely wasted moment. But listen, guys, listen, folks, if you can't handle your liquor, do not drink at games well said ivis very well said all right let's look at a couple other games though in mls seattle scoreless against new england seattle winless on the season 
Colorado, defeated Chivas in Colorado right now is, is starting to look maybe a little better over the last three games. They picked up seven points right there. So, And then Montreal on the crew tied, and you know Montreal remains on top of the Eastern Conference. So uh, so that was kind of, you know, that was the wrap-up of uh, what else went on this weekend, Ivis. Well, I think the one that, that stands out there is that Seattle result. I mean, you know, think about the fact that every team in the league has at least two wins except Seattle. And they have zero wins. It's just crazy. Wait, 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 wait. What? You're talking just in the Western Conference. Is that right? Yeah, you said the league. You're just Western Conference. Because in the Eastern Conference, you still have four teams with one win. Right. Well, okay, you you got it. You're right. Woo! I'm saving you right there, Ivis. Settle down. (laughs) I'll tell you what, though. Seattle. I mean, there were were a lot of people's picks to win the whole thing. They were my pick to win the whole thing. Uh, but they just they're 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 struggling right now. I mean, and it was another case of them creating chances but just not finishing them. I mean, you know, you saw it when they played Portland uh, in in Seattle, and now you've seen it again against New England. You know, they created other chances, they controlled the play, but they couldn't find the net. And you know, this is really becoming an issue for them because you know you can't you can't give the rest of the league too much of a head start. Mm-hmm. And right now, the pressure's starting to build. Uh, yeah, obviously, Obafemi Martins being hurt is a big blow for them. I mean, they sp- you know they spent serious money to bring him in and be that kind of star forward complement to Eddie Johnson, and it just it just hasn't worked out. You know, he, his knee's been injured for for several weeks now, and now Eddie Johnson's been hurt as well. Uh, Eddie Johnson didn't play in that New England game, and and Siggy Smith. I tell you what, I, I I don't agree with the people who say he should start feeling the heat. I think that's a bit of a stretch. I think it's a little early for that. I mean, we're not. This isn't Serie A where, you know, teams you know fire managers after like a bad month. I mean, I don't think that should be the case. <laughs> I don't think I don't think we're at that point yet. Uh, but it, 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 there is there has to be a cause for concern because they're just not getting the results. There's way too much talent on that team for them not to have a win yet. I mean, I just think that's ridiculous. I mean, it, it, you know, you can say what you want. Where it, it's there's similarities to LA last year, LA Galaxy last year. For all the talent they had, they were just in a funk. They just couldn't put it together. They played awful. Eventually, they figured it out. They figured it out. May, June, they got their act together. Seattle, I don't think they have the luxury this time around. You know, I think I think they really need to start getting some wins in a hurry because uh, the rest of that West is looking pretty good right now. I mean, as far as racking up the points, and uh, if they're if they're not if they are not careful, uh, Seattle might not make the playoffs if they don't if they don't get their act together pretty soon. They might not make the playoffs. Well, I, I think they'll get their act together, Ivis. I agree. I think they will. I, but, I, I, but you never know. You know, if if you get the wrong injury, if, if you know, they could be in trouble. And and what what happens when you when you're giving up these results? I mean, there's no reason they shouldn't beat New England. I mean, nothing against New England. They're a tough, scrappy team that defends well. But you gotta beat them at home. That's there's just no excuse for that. You got to beat them. You got to get all three points at home. So the fact that they didn't, that Seattle didn't, I mean, just shows you what kind of struggles they're having right now. Um, but they, I mean, they need Eddie Johnson back. They need to get him uh, open with Femi Martin's healthy, and they need to get it quickly. And I think if once they do, I think they'll be fine. I think eventually they'll sort it out. Steve Zakawani will find that that magic that he showed early, early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still like them. I still think they're going to figure things out. But you know, the clock's ticking, and other teams in the West are, are taking full advantage. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's it's, it's look at the standings. It's interesting to see Dallas and Montreal up on top, and you have DC United and Seattle at the bottom of their conferences. 
Right. I mean, Seattle has obviously been a surprise to me. Uh, DC's not a complete surprise. I mean, I you know obviously you remember. I mean, when we had our preseason preview, I was real down on them, and and I got you know a couple of DC fans killed me for it. And I'll give you know, and I'll give credit to some of those DC fans who who have, who have now come forward and admitted that you know maybe they were a little too confident in their team, and maybe I was right about questions about that team. I'm not going to say DC's year is over. Their season's not over. Uh, what they need to do right now is scrap. They need to, they if, if the offense isn't there, they need to focus on their defense and, and and try to stay in games. Have Bill Hamid keep them in games, and then hope that Pontius Di Rosario and Nick DeLeon, when they come back, can generate enough goals that they can get results like they did last year. At the end of last year, it wasn't like they were a high flying attack uh, when they put that that winning streak together at the end of last season. Um, they they would get their goals here and there, but they would they had solid defending and they and they just out hustled uh, their opponents. They need to get back to that because you know what they're not they're not a high flying team. They're not a great offense. They don't, just don't have it. What they do have is Bill Hamid, who you know aside from the goal he gave up against Henri, which was not a pretty goal, he should have saved it. But for the most part this year he's been outstanding. They got to lean on him. They got to lean on their defense and get to the summer. And then they got to spend some money, man. They got to you know what. Go get yourself big time player. They've swung and missed too many times now. Hamdi Salihi, Branko Boscovich, uh, and now Rafael's not looking necessarily like a great guy, a great pickup. Uh, at a certain point, you have to start asking questions about the front office there. Um, they have, I for me, I believe they have this summer to get it right to figure these things out to sign some true impact players. If they don't, if they don't get it done, they don't make the playoffs. The ownership there is going to have some serious questions, and and I think you're going to see some head roll. Head roll. Well, Ivis, that uh, that wraps it up for the uh, SBI show. Is there anything else you uh, want to talk about? No, that's it, man. I think it's it. I, there's so much soccer to watch. There's so you know between Europe and 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 Mexico as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know now that that you know you can actually catch Mexican games in a, in English. On ESPN. Two, oh God! And of course, that first game is T1 again. And slack. Well, that wasn't. Well, that wasn't the first ESPN game, but... but it well, was, in my uh, mind, it was, it was the first game I saw, so it was the first ESPN game. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it was an ugly game, but still, it's it, it, you like to see it. I know some people are still kind of skeptical about Mexican League soccer, and they think, you know, why are we watching that? Why are we supporting that? You know what? Oh, it, my God. It's, it's good. No, listen, there's people like that. There's people who think... I, I know. That's why I'm saying, oh, my God, I'm rolling my it, eyes at I mean, those people. you know, even now in SBI, we, we, we're starting to do, uh, you know, Liga, M- Liga MX previews and recaps. Because you know what? It's good soccer, and it's available on American television. And and I know there's the rivalry. I know there's the U.S.-Mexico thing. You're supposed to hate El Tree. You're supposed to hate the, 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 that green jersey. That's fine. But you know what? The Mexican League is still a great league. It's still good soccer, good players. And if you're a soccer fan, you should want to watch good soccer. So if you can watch these games on all these different channels, I, I know most of them are in Spanish, and, and a lot of fan people don't know Spanish, so that kind of – you know, scare some people off. They don't want to bother. They, they, if they can't understand the, the announcers, they, they don't want to watch it. But you know yeah. what? It's still available to watch. Great soccer. There's more Americans playing in the league now. So you know what? Get over it. Get over the whole anti-Mexican thing. The over the the, the national team thing. You can still hate <laughs> the Mexican national team and watch Mexican league soccer. You know what? If anything, if you want to look at it this way, consider it your way of preparing yourself as a U.S. fan. You know what? Because if you watch enough Mexican League soccer, you will know who the good players are. You will mm-hmm. know who the up-and-coming guys are. So when the next time U.S.-Mexico happens, which will be in September in Columbus, 
you'll know. Oh yeah, I, I, you know, I watch this guy. I know what he does. I know what that guy does. So you know what? Consider it an educational opportunity for yourself as a American soccer fan. Set aside the hate. Enjoy the soccer that's available. There's great soccer there. People should be watching it. Look at that stunning endorsement by you. You know, I, I just think it's silly. I mean, I, I get it. I get the hate. I get the the, the rivalry and, and the and the animosity towards Mexican soccer for American fans. But it's still good soccer. You know what? It's still like it. I, I don't know. I wish I had an analogy for it, but like it, it'd be like if you if there was a band that played amazing music, but they were from the town that like you hated when you were in high school. It's like so what? If the music's good, you in, enjoy the damn music. So. You know what? I think people are starting to come around on it, though. I think more and more people are are starting to to kind of catch on to 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 why it's worth watching, and and uh, the fact that you know what? it's entertaining stuff. Mexican soccer, Mexican league soccer, is entertaining. I mean, it's it's back and forth. It's wide open attacking soccer. It's it's what people most people always want to want to see. So there you go. Watch it. And and every once in a while, you can see Hercules Gomez score a goal. You can see Demarcus Beasley score a goal. You can see Jose Torres set up a goal. Uh-huh. So you know what? There you go. Watch it. It's there. And you know what? Maybe it'll help you learn some Spanish, which, again, that's not a bad thing. So I recommend it to everybody. Watch the Mexican side. I, sorry, I, I, I've zoned out the last 30 seconds. of J- James Bond Casino Royale just started, so I'm, I'm focused on that. You watch. You know what? i tell you what. I, I, don't, I don't watch old movies any, as much that because, I mean, there's just so much good television, just like good television shows that, you know, I, the TiVo is constantly stocked. With shows to catch up on. Well, with um, your young kids, I'm sure they're all Nickelodeon shows. No, well, you know what? I recently Im- implemented a ban on on recording kids shows in the living room television in our house because it, they had it had completely overwhelmed our TiVo. They have a TV downstairs. They have a TV in their room that they can record on. Uh, I mean, we just have too many shows that me and my wife watch. Obviously, there's a uh, you have Southland, Game of Thrones. Um, well, the following, uh, a lot of dramas there. American Idol. Uh, I'll admit it. I watch American Idol uh, to see all the people who are better than than Garrett as singers. Um, Stop. You know, <laughs> there's there, there's plenty to watch. So, but the you know Breaking Bad when it's there, Walking Dead when it's there. I mean, obviously, you know those, those are the go to shows. I, I how do you have time to watch all these shows? Listen, man, TiVo is the best thing ever. Because yeah, but how do you even find time to TiVo? I mean, I watch The Walking Dead. Like, I can commit to that, and, like, that's it. You can watch Walking Dead in 40 minutes if you have TiVo. You can zoom zoom past the commercials, and there you go. See, see, I'm one of those. I just put Fox Soccer on, and I just let it run in the background. Fox Soccer, you're welcome. I keep you you logged on for a long time. Well, that's the weekends. You know, the weekends, you you keep the soccer going all, all day and night. Well, um, I like watching but, the replays of the, some of the Champions League games. I don't see. See, that's why I do it. Are the Europa? Well, I watch those live. So I mean, I you know, I I think there's enough time to. Well, watch I was not not all of us can get paid to you know watch live soccer twenty four seven. Well, I don't know if I watch. Well, I don't watch that much soccer, but oh, you know what? That's what you get. You got hey, if you work in our in our business, you got to watch soccer. I mean, that's and I think and I don't know if people do that. Yes, I agree with you on that. All right, I'm over this show. I'm over talking to you. We need to wrap this up. Thank you, Terrence Boyd. For jumping on the show, Ivis, you have a great week. You too, man. We'll we'll, we'll have another show pretty soon. Uh, me and Garrett, are, uh, Garrett and I, are, are, are debating whether or not to go from two shows a week to three shows a week. Oh, I think we're, we're talking about it. We're gonna let everyone know. We'll see if we do it. I, I don't think Garrett's up for it. I think Garrett's a, he's getting old. So I don't know if he can handle three shows, but we we, we will see. We'll see. We will see. All right, that wraps it up for the show. Too.
I just have a good week. Everyone, thank you for listening. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the SVI Show.